Amen. Thank you for that. Take your Bibles this morning. Let's go back to Jeremiah in the Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter 6. And uh, hopefully you received a copy of the outline this morning. If you're visiting, you can follow along with that. But if you're able to, let's stand for the reading of the Word of God today. One verse, which is our theme verse for the year, Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah 6, verse 16. And uh, we'll be here until the Lord moves us along, but uh, this morning we want to focus on another aspect of what we started last week. Our theme is stand, and verse 16, the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said... We will not walk therein. Lord, thank you for this morning. We pray that you would bless your word. May your Holy Spirit guide us and the Holy Spirit help us. Lord, if there are some maybe misconceptions, maybe misunderstandings, that the Holy Spirit of God would show us what we need to see, the truth. And you have told us that the truth is what makes us free. Lord, bless your word. Help me to get out of the way. And Lord, that only what was said this morning would be what you would have. May we be obedient to you. Lord, may we walk with you. And we'll ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. The days of Jeremiah's ministry, the prophet, the people of Jeremiah's day were in deep spiritual wickedness. The people had not just at that time, but for quite some time, had been sinning against God, and God was at the point, and I know that sometimes we would not think this, but the only reason we believe this is because the Bible says so, is God was at the point where he was ready to give them up. Now, we even see this in the New Testament of our Bible in Romans chapter 1, where the Bible says in verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified not Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Verse 24, the Bible then says, and there's a couple places in that chapter where it says, God also gave them up. That's a sad thing when it gets to that place, to that point where God would give them up. The fact is, is that in Jeremiah's day with God's people, they actually did go into captivity just a few years after Jeremiah's prophecy about them. They were on the brink of God's judgment. And here's the neat thing is, even though they were on the brink of being judged by God, God's heart and God's desire is that they, as His people, would turn back to Him. Now, we still live in a day where I believe that our nation was founded as a Christian nation. And I believe that God would have America turn back to Him. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will, God says. 
We need to turn back to God. We're going to have a revival meeting in about a week, and it actually starts this coming Saturday and Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. We want to invite you to come back, bring someone with you. Why do we have revival meetings? Because we need to get back to God. And God's people here in Jeremiah's day, they were at a point where they had gotten away from the Lord. Verse 16, our verse for the year, as we look at it, Jeremiah is giving an image. I talked a little bit about this last Sunday night. The image that he paints is a traveler, a pilgrim that's on a journey, and he comes to a fork in the road. There's two paths, and you cannot walk both paths at the same time. You go one way or the other. Now, just like that traveler that Jeremiah is giving us the image of, the same is true in your life. You can choose which path, which road that you want to travel. And and what's awesome about that is, is that if you are a believer today, God has given you the ability to decide, to choose for yourself. Look, don't make the church decide for you. Don't let your spouse decide for you or your mom and dad decide for you. God's given you the opportunity to make that decision on your own. But this traveler that Jeremiah is talking about in in chapter 6, he actually tells this traveler that God wants him to ask for the old paths. He wants him to ask for the good way. Instead of just continuing to travel along blindly, he is instructed that he is to stop And he's to ask for directions. The story was told that there was a blonde and a brunette that were pushed off of a building at the same time. And somebody asked, they said, well, which one of them hit the ground first? And the person said, well, the brunette did because the blonde stopped to ask directions. Now, I can tell that joke because I'm a blonde. But, you know, it's amazing, myself included, how many of us, Never stop to ask directions. We never ask God, God, what would you have me to do? Where would you have me to go? What would you have me to believe? God wants us to travel the right path. Now, a lot of us, we're living in a day where we don't have a problem at all asking Siri. We don't have a problem at all asking Alexa. We don't have a problem at all asking Google, but what we really need to be doing is asking God. God, which way would you have for me to go? And the reason we don't ask is because, myself included, many times we're too filled with pride. Look at the Bible says there, and you know Psalm 10, the wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. And yet Jesus said when he was on this earth, look at it, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. We have not because we ask not. Now the result of not asking is that valuable time is lost seeking our own way. For instance, ask the children of Israel, how many years did they wander around? Forty. What a waste of time. So many times we want to do things our way, go our direction, do our thing, but yet 
the Bible tells us that the Lord wants us here in Jeremiah to travel the right path. He wants us on a path that will lead us in his direction towards him. And this verse here in Jeremiah 6, yes, it's a verse that was meant as a word of correction to the Jews years ago. But I want you to think, because I really believe that this verse, that as we look at it this morning, there's a sobering lesson for us today. And the question I want to say to you this morning is, be careful what you ask for. Sometimes we ask for things, and it's not really what we expected it was going to be. And so I believe God would still have his people to ask for the old paths. God would still uh, have us travel that old path, the one that God, the path that God has blessed. How many of you want to be blessed by God? Listen, let's look at it this morning, and how can we be blessed of God? Notice, first of all, the requirement. Now, if you look back in verse 16, here's what it says. Ask for the old paths, and then it says, walk therein. Now, it didn't just say ask, it says ask and walk therein. Now, in Jeremiah's day, no doubt, they had a choice to make. They could ask and walk therein, but notice some of them were led astray. God's command to his people is not to allow themselves to be led astray by the false prophets of the day. Now, even in the New Testament, notice what Peter writes in chapter 2 of 2 Peter. He says, there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction, and many shall follow their pernicious ways. Now, that's a word we don't use in our everyday vocabulary, pernicious. Can I just tell you what it means? Here it is. They're destructive ways. Many are going to follow them, and their ways lead towards destruction. Now, the Bible goes on to say, by reason of whom the way of truth, these people who are leading people falsely in their dangerous, destructive ways, it says, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Those people that are leading people astray, false teachers, false prophets, They're not leading people to God. They're leading people away from God. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew 7. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. John writes, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because Many false prophets are gone out into the world. See, we're living in a day where God's people need to wake up. God's people need to realize that God has a way. It's called the old path. It's called the good way. But see, the Bible says even in Jeremiah's day, and just like in our day, some are being led astray. Then notice some needed to look back. Now, what should they look back to? Well, they should look back to some of the individuals that we find before them, like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, 
Moses, and even others in the Bible. Why look back to these individuals? Because they were individuals that walked in obedience to the Lord. We oftentimes will will follow and idolize people that are not walking in obedience to the Lord. And we wonder how we, in our lives, got to where we are because of who we're following. And they were to look back. Now, if you're familiar with Hebrews chapter 11, there in your notes, this chapter oftentimes is referred to as the hall of faith. And talking about these individuals that they were supposed to look back to, notice what it says in verse 39 and 40 of Hebrews 11. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect or complete or mature. So Joshua is saying, look, just like those that have gone on before you, Jeremiah in his day is saying, look, you need to look to these people and you need to seek the path of faith for yourself. See, they should take the time and you and I need to make sure that we are doing the same time. Same thing is take the time to find that old, well-worn path, the old path that represents what? The best way, which is God's way. See, there were some that were led astray. Some needed to look back. Some are lured away. Now, the problem that Israel faced in Jeremiah's day is still, listen to me, it's still the problem that people face today. Here it is, confusion. We live in very confusing times. There's a plethora of Bibles out there. There are all kinds of things that have changed. And we need to be aware of this. Because there are people, Christian people, that are being lured away. Can I tell you that, listen, the devil is the author of confusion. God is a God of order. The devil loves it when we don't have a clue or we're misled. I read this story this week. I'd never seen it before, but during World War II, at what is known as the Battle of the Bulge, there were German soldiers, they claimed, that dressed up in the uniforms of the Allies, and they used American military vehicles. They went throughout the countryside, and here's what they did. They changed the road signs. And the reason that they did this was so that when the American troops would come to various crossroads, that the American troops were often fooled and led in a wrong direction. Now, the deception by those Germans, they say, almost gave the victory in a very decisive battle from World War II. I thought about that story, how true it is, and I think about so many today that are confused. Why are they confused? Because the road signs have been changed. Because things that used to be, that have always been, now are not in fashion, as we just sang. They might be offensive. Listen, excuse me. Jesus said that oftentimes the truth shall offend us. And listen, if it does, then it needs to. We should not be offensive. 
but the truth many times will divide. And so I want to share with you this morning how that, listen, there's no doubt that there are false teachers in our midst. I'm not saying in this auditorium, but I'm saying in the world today, and here's what they're doing. Just like those German soldiers, they're changing the signs. We need to be aware of this. There's a growing popular trend in Christianity today that asserts that God has already predetermined who will go to hell and who will go to heaven, and that God has somehow left us in the dark about that matter. You see, when you think about not only does this stance on salvation and the very character of God cross the fence of heresy, but it spits in the face of the God of the Bible. One of the signs, and we have the truth, but again, they want to change the sign into error, and so some would teach today that we are completely unable and unwilling to recognize the truth without God drawing us. Whereas yet the Bible tells us in 1 John 2, 2, He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Can I remind you of probably the most the, probably the most famous verse in the, all of the Bible, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But see, they would take the truth, and they would change the sign. Can I tell you that we do? As human beings have a choice, and our choice is that we can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But see, they change the sign. I think about another one, how that the Bible tells us that there are, there, when it comes to beliefs, how some want to change the sign from truth to error. And here's what they say today, that we, they believe that we cannot do anything to be saved since God has already predestined what will happen already. Now, when you hear teaching like this, I want to remind you that the Bible does tell us, tells you and I, everyone, that our eternal position is determined by our faith, either the amount of faith that we have or the lack thereof. If you go back to John verse chapter 3 again, verse 18, two verses later, the Bible says, look at this, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. See, they've changed the sign. Here's another truth. And they want to change this into an error, how they will say today that some believe that Jesus did not die for everyone, that Jesus only died for the elect, for a select group of people. Yet when you look at the Bible, Romans 5, verse 8, the Bible says, He commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible tells us in Mark 2, when Jesus heard it, He said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician. They that are sick, He says, but they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. We all know Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, when you look at these verses and many others, they tell us 
that you and I and everyone that's ever been born, that we are all in a position where all of us need to be saved. Everyone's a sinner. And we can only be saved, we can only be reconciled back together with God through faith. It's a matter of faith to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We have never done anything to deserve the grace of God, but it was made available as a gift from God through faith. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, lest any man should boast. See, God's grace is a gift, a free gift offered to all by a loving God. Peter says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word. Notice the Bible says not willing, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Who does God want to go to heaven? Everyone. Who does God want to be saved? Everyone. But see, they've changed the sign. Here's another one. We have the truth of God's word, but some believe that God's grace is forced on us instead of being offered as a gift. Can I tell you that when God created you, God created us with what we call a free will. We call this in theological terms individual soul liberty. Like the verse I just read, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. We all have the ability to make our own decisions. When God created Adam, and since then everyone that's ever been born of a woman, when God created mankind, He did not make us robots. He's he's given us the ability. You're going to choose today if you're going to go to McDonald's for lunch, or you're going to eat leftovers, or your husband or somebody's going to actually treat you to a nice steak. But understand that the signs have been changed. Just like those German soldiers being deceptive. And listen, you and I, we have a choice to make. Joshua said in his day, he says, look, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And he says, choose you this day whom you will serve. See, the choice is yours. But I know this, that choices have consequences. The Bible says in the book of Romans, notice the verse there, and you know it's Romans 14. So then every, every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Boy, you look at that verse there, that tells me that the individual soul, your soul, is answerable to Almighty God and to God alone. One day all of us are going to stand before him. Look, and here's what I want you to see is, is that one of the things that we're going to stand and give an account for one day is the path that we walked while we were here. Because look, the signs, yes, are being changed. But can I tell you that they can change the signs all they want. They can call them this, call them that. But God's way never changes. In my reading this, uh, maybe it may have been yesterday, I was reading the Bible and I was reading where John the Baptist came, and John the Baptist was preaching. And he was preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
The Bible says when Jesus heard that John was shut up in prison, by the way, he was put in prison because he was preaching the gospel. When John was in prison, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus went to the cross and then ascended to be with the Father, which is where he is today. His disciples started to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And in 2020, as we stand, we preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, the signs, the world, yes, continues to change the signs. The false teachers, the false prophets, but we have the book. God has given us a message, and we need to make sure that we're asking for the old path and ignore the changing of the signs. See, I look at this, and I see how God says that His Word is settled in heaven. Aren't you glad for that? See, the world can change everything, but they can't change God's Word. Oh, don't get me wrong. Uh, they, this, is the, this is the best-selling book ever. And you know what's sad about it is? The skeptics and the unbelievers and the greedy people, they know that. And so guess what they do? Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with another Bible version. And they're merchandising the Word of God. And every time they do, they change it. We need to understand God said, my Word is settled. You see, man, false teachers, false prophets are going to continue to try to change it. Why? Because they don't want you walking toward God. They want you to walk away from God just like those German soldiers wanted to do to the American troops. We need to be aware of this. We still know the old paths. If you're a Christian today, there ought to be no question in your mind and heart what is the good way, what is the right way. But listen, here's what the Bible says in the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs. Look at the verse here, Proverbs 1.10. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Can I just say it this way? Just say no. Right? You were thinking it, so I said it. Now, I've never been much of a hunter. You know, I, I just, my dad wasn't that way. My dad worked all the time, and I never really got into it. And when I was in my early 20s, I had a friend of mine. He said, uh, he says, hey, I'm, I'm going to go hunting. I want you to go with me. And I said, okay. And, uh, and so, I, you know, I, I went with him, and I, I, did, I had to borrow a rifle, didn't even have one. I never got a chance to shoot it, to prove it, test it. I didn't know if the sight was right or not, you know. This is all stuff he told me. I didn't know any of this stuff. And, uh, and so we went, and I had, to, I had to get a few things, and so we went, and, and we went deer hunting. And, uh, and so, for whatever reason, he, he had been hunting before, but he wanted me he wanted me to get a deer. And I was like, okay. You know, so we went and we got out there and it was pouring down rain and we were looking for a place and nothing was happening and I, I didn't hear or see anything. And so we were walking along in this field and he says uh, he, there was, a, there was a, a lot of brush, huge amount of brush. And he said, now look, he said, you stand right here 
and he says, I'm going to go into that brush, and he says, I'm going to jump a deer. And I looked at him, and I said, you're, you're going to what? Like, you're going to jump on one? You know, I didn't know what he was talking about. And he says, look, he says, I'm going to make noise. And he says, and he says, when they come out, take the shot. So he left, went down in there. I couldn't even see him. It was so thick, so tall, I couldn't even see him. And I could hear him. And so he's, he's down in there, and all of a sudden, this deer, Bambi's grandpa, jumps out in front of me. I mean, he's, he's down a little ways from me. I mean, big, big deer. And when he jumped out, I just went, I'm telling you the truth. That's what happened. And, uh, and, and so I, I just like, and I watched him. He, he looked down at me. You know, I, was, I don't know how many yards I was away from him. He looked down at me, and he looked the other way, and he just took off running. And I just stood there. And he got, he got to this fence, and I thought, what's he going to do now? Is he looking for a gate? And he went, he jumped up in the air and just disappeared into this ravine. And I went, And here comes my buddy. He comes out of the brush. He's got stuff on him. And he goes, why didn't you shoot? But you know, that's exactly this word entice. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. The word entice means to bait, to lure into the open. And that's exactly what the devil wants to do, is he wants you to come out into the open so that he can devour you, make you disappear. He would love for you to not walk with God, not go down the old path. Are you with me this morning? We need to understand that the requirement is still the same. It has not changed from Jeremiah's day to this day, and that is to ask for the old paths and to walk therein. Now, if we do that, the Bible tells us in verse 16, there's a reward. There's a reward for walking the old path. Look at this. God promises that if we will walk the old paths, watch this, there we, ye shall, God's promise, ye shall find rest for your soul. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand this morning, but I guarantee you, some of you here this morning, your heart's heavy. Things have happened in your life, maybe recently, maybe a while back. We find our rest in Him. And where is He? He's on the old path. See, we want to go down this path. We want to do our thing, but God says, if you just ask for the old path and walk therein, you shall find rest. For your soul. In his path, we're assured of three things. Look, look at this. We're assured of a proper destination. You know what's going to happen? Watch this. At the end of the path, here it is. You're going to be in his presence. See, the right path leads to God. Not only do we see proper destination, but we, as we travel, we have a providential defender. That as we travel the old path, we travel it safely. Why? Because he is with us. He is guarding us. He's the good shepherd. The Bible says he, he is watching for your souls. He's the anchor of your hope. 
But look at this, we also, as we travel the old path, we have a present delight. Why? Because when we are on the Lord's path, He's with us, and the joy and the fellowship that we have is with Him. It's like I shared the other night. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Isn't it a blessing to know that He's with us? It's, folks, look, you cannot, and Jeremiah was telling the people in his day, you cannot experience his presence with you if you're on the wrong path. We need to understand the right path. Now, look, there's a reward for those that would obey him, that would go down the right path, the old path. But do you know that there's also not only a reward for the obedient, but there's a reward for the disobedient as well? Because when you look at this passage, and we fo- you could follow along here in the Word of God many places, those who fail to ask for the old paths, they find themselves walking in ways that lead to destruction. Their lives are a life of misery. But I love it where the, the Bible tells us, look, we, we need to understand that there is no peace, no safety, and, and for those that will not obey Him, that will not do what He asks, The destination that they are heading towards is always in question. Look at this verse here in Isaiah 35. The prophet says, And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. Now look, we have to understand that as we are walking this path, God wants to bless our lives. Look, the Bible's clear that we not only can be blessed of God, yes, someday in heaven with Him, but we can be blessed on this earth right here and right now. Look what it says in Luke 18. Who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come life everlasting? So there's a reward. Now the reward only comes as you meet the requirements. But we cannot leave this morning until we see this warning. Notice there is a refusal to not walk the old paths. Some, is, some of them in Jeremiah's day had decided not to walk the Lord's path, not to walk in the Lord's will for their lives. And the result of saying no and, and going their own direction is chastisement and destruction. If you have your Bible, let's look at God's words this morning and not mine As an example of this, look in chapter 6 of Jeremiah. Look at verse number 17. God says, Also I have set watchmen over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. In other words, they would not listen to the warnings of the watchmen. The word hearken means to heed. It means to be attentive to, to pay attention to. Look, if somebody is saying the bridge is out, then you need to listen because the bridge is out. God gives us Sometimes it might be a friend, it might be a pastor, it might be uh, some other Christian that might try to help us, but are we listening to those that God has given to us in our lives? They were not listening in Jeremiah's day. Look at verse 19. Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, not unto, nor unto my law, but rejected it. God says, I will bring evil on them the very fruit of their own thoughts, because they would not listen to God's words. They had refused the word of God. 
They had despised the Word of God. There are many today that are turning their back on God. And we need to understand that, look at verse 20, to what purpose cometh there to me? He says, the incense from Sheba and the sweet came from a far country. Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifices sweet unto me. God rejected their outward services. And look, he was saying to them, it's worthless what you are offering me. Many times people think, well, I was in church or I've done this for the Lord. Listen, many have done things for God, but God is more interested in your heart than anything else. You see, out of the heart, the Bible says, comes the issues of life. They would not listen and they rejected God. Look at verse 21. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will lay stumbling blocks before this people, and the fathers and the sons together shall fall upon them. The neighbor and his friend shall perish. God's going to put occasions to stumble before them, and God says, You will fall. Now look at the last, the end of it here, verse 22 through 25. The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, a people cometh from the north country, and a great nation shall be raised from the sides of the earth. They shall lay hold on bow and spear. They are cruel. They have no mercy. Their voice roareth like the sea, and they ride upon horses, set in array as men for war against thee, O daughter of Zion. Look, God is saying here in these verses and the ones to follow that there's going to be a strong, a cruel enemy that's going to come up against them, one that is that has no mercy on them. And why all of this is going to happen is because they had rejected God. And because they had rejected God, God had rejected them. Now, here's something that really got me this week. Look at the last verse of this chapter. The Bible says in verse 30, the description, reprobate silver shall men call them, because the Lord hath rejected them. Now, if you've ever seen this, they have this process that they call smelting. You can take metals, even precious metals, put them to fire. If you put them to enough heat, you can actually liquefy them, and you can make certain things. Some of you have silver items, gold items, and so on. But with silver and some of these metals, there are impurities. And when they do this process, the impurities come to the surface. And many times they'll take something and they'll scrape that off the top. That's called dross. God says, what you're offering me is worthless, useless. In other words, when you look at them, and how God was describing them here as reprobate silver, he was saying to them that you are so utterly corrupt that there is not even a particle of pure metal in you. You're reprobate silver. Somebody described it this way, said this is the end. The smelter is God's prophet. The bellows is the breath of inspiration. The flux is his earnestness of preaching. Folks, when the warnings and the corrections and the rebukes and all means of God's grace have left men unrenewed, then understand that they will be left as rejected of God to misery. Look at, look at one chapter over, if you're there, chapter 7. 
of Jeremiah. This is after everything we've looked at this morning. I want you to see the, 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 the fruit of what we're talking about here, those in Jeremiah 6. Look at chapter 7, look at verse 26. The Bible says, Yet they hearken not unto me, nor incline their ear, but hardened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Look at me for a second. Here you are. You're at a fork in the road. It's time to decide, to choose. You can walk this way, which is what you want to do, or you can walk the old path, the one that's been proven, the one that those before you, men and women of faith, have walked. You can walk that path. You see, there are many who would say, I want to walk my path. I want to do my thing. Can I just say to you, as you think of the title of the message this morning, be careful what you ask for. Because I will tell you this, that the path that you choose to walk, those that are coming with you are going to walk that same path. And if you're on the path that leads to destruction, then I think you know what it means for those that are coming with you, those that are following you. We need to be careful about our choices because if we're not careful what we ask for, we just might get, we, just, we may not want what we actually get. Somebody said, be careful of what you ask of heaven. It may be granted. You may end up getting it. John put it this way in 1 John chapter 5, this is the confidence that we have, notice, in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. If we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. So here it is. God's given us truth. If you have a Bible in your hands or on your lap this morning, you have truth. But see, there are those who want to change it. They don't want you to hear the truth. Because the truth will make you free. There are those that don't like the truth. The truth that says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They want to change that sign. Because the devil doesn't want you to be saved. There are those that have had the truth. They know God. But they've decided that they don't want to walk the road that God would have them walk. They'd rather walk a different road. Have you noticed it's their choices? Don't let their choices become your choice. You need to walk with God. Be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. You see, a Christian, a believer in Christ, knows the way. A Christian goes the way. A Christian shows the way so that others could follow that same path that leads to God. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? If you're visiting, this is an opportunity for us to reflect on what we've just heard, on the message from God. 
want you to think in your life, in your heart right now. And listen, I've tried to be as loving and as kind as I can be, but God's message sometimes is not popular, but it's always right. God has a path for us. It's His path. It's what He's already determined that we should walk therein. But there are many that are trying to change the way of God. If you're here this morning and you've never put your faith in Christ, the religions of the world, the false teachers of the world say this today, all roads lead to heaven. Can I tell you that's a lie from the pits of hell? Because all roads don't lead to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And so if you're here this morning and you've never had a time in your life, and maybe even today God is dealing with you, and in your heart you know, you know that you're not saved. You know that if you were to die today, step into eternity, you would not spend it with the Lord. Folks, it's as, it's as easy for us because it's a choice to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it wasn't that easy for Jesus because Jesus gave his life on the cross at Calvary. He gave his precious blood so that we might have eternal life. If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ, listen, don't leave today without making that decision. It's between you and God. We'd love to help you to take the Bible and show you. Have a word of prayer with you. Maybe if there's something in your life that God spoke to you about today. Maybe some of you have started right, but maybe got off the right path. Why don't you come back to it? Come back to the old path and walk therein. Let's stand to our feet this, this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. If God is speaking to you this morning, you need to be saved. Maybe you need to come and ask the Lord to give you wisdom on what to do and how to walk. Some of you need to say, this is something that I needed in my life. God, thank you for speaking to me. Why don't you come? It's a place that you can come and just kneel down here at the front with the Lord. Ask the Lord. That's not always going to be easy, walking the old path. But remember, I told you that you've got a defender that will be with you. There's great joy and fellowship when you walk with God. Some this morning, listen, to obey Him means that you'll have rest for your soul. To disobey Him, the reward of that is no peace, no rest. I'm glad for the peace of God. Don't refuse the Lord today and say no. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. As Brother Kenny sings.